Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. I am Scott David Chase. This is my truth. Tell me yours. Um, on this episode, I spoke with Gina Bowker. Um, first, I, I wanted to offer a sincere apology to people who tune in and listen to this. The last episode um, with Adam Laframbois, uh, the audio was not great. It was, it was really difficult to listen to because of the wind and, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, when I started doing this podcast, um, it was basically an, you know, an excuse for me to talk to people that I find really interesting, like, you know, to make the time to talk to them. And a lot of times I get, uh, so, um, caught up, so excited about the conversation we're about to have that, I kind of let the technical side of it uh, go by the wayside, and you know this was this particular one was a difficult one. Uh, Duncan, uh, who is the engineer and producer of the show, um, you know, advised me that he didn't think it was a usable one, and I was ultimately the one who made the call to put it up. Um, so I, I, I first of all, I want to say thank you to him for leaving it up to me. I absolutely agreed with him about the audio quality. I just knew I wasn't going to have a chance to talk to Adam in a timely manner when his show was coming up again. And I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to postpone it. And I, I thought the content of the episode was important enough that we put it out, but, uh, there was a nice reminder, hard, hard lesson, nice reminder to me that it's something that I need to pay attention to you to. And so, uh, I just wanted to formally apologize to anyone who listens to this about the previous episode sound quality. And I'm definitely going to do my best. So we don't have one sounding that bad again. Having said that, uh, this episode, um, like all the other ones, is brought to you by WeAreDapperTies.com. Um, great selection of neckties on their website. And if you put in promo code TRUTH, you can get free shipping in the United States. So we thank them for that. Um, this episode, I actually re- just recorded this today, the day after I recorded with Adam. And, uh, you know, it was in a noisy coffee shop, but we were indoors, so, um, you know... The audio should be better. This was a, this was, <coughs> excuse me. This was a great chat with uh, Gina Bowker. Uh, Gina is someone that I've only known a short period of time, but we have lots of friends and peers in common. And it was someone that uh, um, my friend Kevin Berender, who I spoke to earlier in this season, um, put me in touch with and said, you know, this is someone that I think you should know. Um, both he and his wife Diane Berenger um, sang her praises and I first became aware of Gina through uh, Judy Purrington who I spoke to on season one of this and so you know we we spoke about Judy uh, aka toy named Sue several times in this episode and you know um, it's always great to get together with an old friend and talk about um, their artistic work. Um, but it's also for me, it's equally as exciting to kind of meet someone almost for the first time. I mean, I, I've had conversations with 
Gina before, and she helped put up a show of my art at Main Street Art uh, last month. So that was kind of how we connected. But um, you know, she's 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 an interesting lady who works in a lot of different creative fields, and I thought it would be cool to talk to her, and it definitely was. So hope you enjoy this conversation with Gina Bauker. Twisted, Megan, right. Twisted. Right. I can't call people by their real names. Yeah, I'll buy their their derby names. It's gotta be. I mean, it's interesting because well, because I first met Judy doing podcast just about a year ago. <laughs> you call it Judy, right? Judy. Well, and it's. I think I've maybe called her toy name Sue Toy like once or twice in my life. Um, but it, it was funny because when, when we first met and we were talking, I referred to uh, my friend Heather, Zippy Longstocking, and she kept correcting me whenever I said Heather. She's like, Zippy. And, Zippy. and I was like, oh, Well, right. and that's the thing because when she was on the team, when Zippy was on the team, there were like four Heathers on the team. Right. So we couldn't call, couldn't call anybody Heather because we'd have four people turn and say, what? Yeah, well, yeah. Heather, Zippy and Vava. And I don't think the other Heather ever got a derby name. She wasn't around long enough. So how, what, but, so, like, how did you, how, what's the process of picking a derby name? A derby name. There is... <laughs> <laughs> I get asked that question a lot. Yeah. Um, there, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to it for most people. Yeah. Well, I should, I don't know. It's an individual thing. Sure. Um, some people come in and they, they know what they want right away. Like, I think for for Toy had her derby name before I knew her. Yeah. Um, and she, she. Uh, You've probably heard her story. She's a huge Johnny Cash fan. Oh yeah, hence my name Sue. I've got the uh, yeah, 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 that yeah. We bonded over that. Um, so that I mean, hers, hers is pretty obvious. Some people, they they have a thing that they like a lot, and that. So how'd you pick your name? I actually didn't. Um, yeah. I started roller derby um, with a team on a team in Pennsylvania. We were living in State College okay. when I started. My husband was going to Penn State, and we did a. a Big sister, little sister. It, it's college town. Mm-hmm. They're really into their sororities. Yeah, it, yeah. Whatever. Um, I mean, it was a great program, and I loved it. I, I'm still um, friends with my big sister from my team down there. We did theater together. It was yeah. great. Um, and she, I wanted something that was that had my name in it. Um, and she helped me pick it. She's like, "What about gin and toxic? That's kind yeah. of cool." Yeah. So it's like. I, uh, okay, sure. Yeah. I didn't really care. <laughs> I was like, I want something kind of punny, yeah. and that has my name in. Right, that was all I wanted. So how long? How long have you had the name? How long have you been? This is my in? eighth season. Okay. And it, when um, the team down there, you started with your name. You could have your name, and everyone referred to you by your name the whole time. Yeah. The way we do it up here to kind of make it. Um, because our team is so small compared to a lot of other leagues. Um, once you pass your assessment, you're you're on the team. You're rostered. 
there's in other larger teams there's more competition beyond the roster um, so you have to just passing your assessments doesn't automatically make you on the roster um, so we wanted something a little more um, special that you're to um, like you, you know, you meet the team and you're on the roster, and it's right. you know, it's, it's a big deal right. to be to be rostered. Um, so you don't get to use your derby name until you've passed your assessments and you're on the team and you're rostered. So it's a right of passage. It's a right of passage. Yeah. So as a new skater, you're just referred to as your legal name, <laughs> or or you know whatever nickname you happen to have in your real life that everyone in the world calls right. you. Right. Um, once you pass your assessments, you're you're a roster skater, and then you get to have your derby name. You get to get out your jersey your I change it on the website from your real name to your derby name your number and blah 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 so there's a ritual to it yeah yeah like um Angie just passed her assessments um, last week, and so now I'm like changing everything. This is Angie is now she's uh, her derby name is Weevee Nix. What is it? Weevee Nix. Nice. Kind of cute. Nice. Um, I she told me her number, and I I don't I can never remember anybody's number. Yeah. I've uh, some of these players I've skated with for I, I can't even remember how long, and I still have to ask them their derby. Right. Um, I'm looking. I remember mine. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I mean, so she, and some people like uh, ZZ Drop. She had no idea what she wanted for her yeah. name. Um, we all call her real name is Zari, and she came in, and we all called her Z. Yeah. Or ZZ, and so. Uh, so it's sort of a natural yeah so it's sort of a natural jump from like we all call you ZZ anyway right. so you might as well do something with that name um Vorky same thing she was gonna um do Vorky is her uh handle that she uses online for gaming and stuff and people were gonna she was gonna try to choose something else yeah and we told her we're gonna call you Vorky anyway right. you so might as well choose Vorky yeah. and she's like I didn't know I could do that yeah you can you can use whatever you want yeah it's one of the few things, like, because in real life, more often than not, you don't really get to choose your nickname your that sticks. Yeah. You certainly don't get to choose your real name, so it's, yeah. you know, uh, it's, it's kind of a cool, cool yeah. thing. The only rules that we have, because we're a family-friendly league, is that it has to be family-friendly. I'm the head of PR, so I get to yay or nay. Yeah. Um, I think I've only had to nay two that I'm like right it's not really well I remember that rule and I remember you know going to bouts and there's one player that I was like I got one sneak through but I was like okay whatever I'm not the you know the, what one was it the, the pinky not a taco I was like oh pink so pinky not a taco um her she wanted um pinky Tuscadero. okay but that name so there's a um long long time ago I don't know if anyone still uses it anymore there used to be a website called Two, two evils? Three evils? Two evils? Multiple evils. Multiple evils. Two evils, I think. That um, used to register derby names okay. from all over the world. And if your name was too close to somebody else's name, you didn't get it. Yeah. Um, and Pinky Tuscadero was already taken. And so <laughs> Pinky, um, was, she was upset about that. And John says, Johnny Blaze, who is... Um, She's, you know, Toy's husband, right. blah, 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 has a lot to do with it. He says to her, what about Pinky Taco? She's like, I'm not a taco. So 
that's where I came from. Pinky not the shot. Sure, and it was one of those things that I was like, well, it's not, it's not immediately yeah. risque, and I was like, it's only people with gutter minds like myself that immediately yeah. like, oh, that's what. And she also had her name before I came onto the league. Sure, before I was head so of she PR. Was, she was grandmothered in. She was grandmothered in exactly. Yeah. Um, we've had one player that I know of come in from another league that we have had to ask um, that she not use her full derby name. Yeah. Um, Kilbridge. She switches, and she does it. She's great. She switches to KB when she comes to us. And I think she might have to do it to other leagues, too. Yeah. Because um, she has a jersey that just says KB. Yeah. Which is fine. So, as long as, you know, she's not a pain in the ass about it. No, no, no. She's great. She's yeah. great. She actually skated with us at the um, Chicks and Bowls thing on Sunday. Oh, nice. She's awesome. Nice. She's so excited to be there. Yeah, I went to, um, you know, years ago... Uh, I, I, I went to a derby bout uh, out in California. Uh, yeah. And it, most of the names were very, very risque. Yeah. Whatnot. So, but I mean, and I think, especially to someone who either has limited or has no first-hand knowledge of roller derby, I think that's what a lot of people's perceptions of, and I think it's changing. Yeah. Now, but. It's a lot of it. It's. I find it really frustrating, but I can understand where people come from. A lot of people still remember Derby of the 70s. Sure. That was on after wrestling on Saturdays, right. or before wrestling, whatever, on Saturdays. I don't remember this. I don't, we didn't watch it. I was too little right. before I was born, whatever. Um, but when we do PR events, festivals, stuff like that, I get a lot of um, middle aged and older usually gentlemen coming right. up to me and say oh do you still do and they always do this like elbowing motion and yeah. I'm like no it's not like or do you remember that movie that and oh, I no uh, some movie from the 70s uh, or the 60s or something I'm like how do you think I am <laughs> like I that I was either a very small child or I wasn't born right. when that movie I like I don't even know what movie you're talking about because I wasn't born or wasn't old enough to see this right that probably had Jane Fonda in it maybe huh. I don't even know I don't even know what movie. I just started smiling I'm like oh yeah yeah wait they're not talking about roller are they no oh, okay. no there's a, there's, a, there's a derby movie no I know yeah there's a derby movie I because some of them do ask about rollerball and I'm like I no I don't it's not rollerball. James Conn is not on our team. <laughs> That'd be cool though. <laughs> um, no, I have to tell them no. It's not. It's not like that anymore. We can't. Elbowing's illegal. Punching is illegal. Um, yeah, it's a real sport with real right. rules and real strategy yeah, and, and a lot of hard work. Yeah, I mean, it's still full contact, but sure. it's it's like it's a sport. Right. <laughs> it's really a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But. I mean, if get if you were thinking that it's just an hour of girls beating each other up on the track, we'll sell a ticket and get your butt in a seat. Then fine, that's exactly sure. what it is, and come to the belt and be disappointed. But or be educated, or be educated, whatever. Yeah. But um, so it's funny because you were talking about, uh, and you and I have had a couple conversations mm. about this because you know I'm sure. Derby is probably your most visible thing that you do, but it's you, you do a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah. you and I, it's funny because we know 
Judy, Toy, uh, in common, and that was sort of like one of the connections was actually through the Behringers, I yeah. think, that we first connected, but it was through through art, yeah. which, so you're, what's, talk about mainstream my, art. Um, my husband calls me uh, the left brain for artists. Okay. I, I do not, um, well, I... I don't do much art myself. I manage artists. It is my um, <coughs> my skill, I guess. Uh, but I, you have a very artistic soul. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. Um, my my <laughs> I don't want to say passion. My um, my my best skill I guess I'm a very organized person and the thing that I like to do with my the thing I'm good at is is managing yeah. things managing people um, so at Main Street Art I uh, am the art center coordinator yeah. which is a fancy word for office manager right. um, so I you know manage the gallery and schedule classes and the teachers and right. blah 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 um, and then I'm also a stage manager on, on the other side right. and at the, I do I, I not so much anymore I do shows at the Players Ring but occasionally shows at the Players Ring I'm doing um, a show at Hatbox in Concord right now I have scheduled a show at Half Metap uh, later in the summer which because I saw some pictures that you posted recently with Chris Savage and them uh, yeah that's at Hatbox that's, that's, that's uh, Richard Second okay um, okay that goes up at the end of ju- the last two weekends in June and the first weekend of July because I'm going to try and pin Chris down to talk to me for this because oh, yeah. I've known I've known Chris 30 years um, yeah I've known Chris longer than his wife has been alive you know and I'm friends with Grady too, yeah so. I've known I've known Grady longer than I've known Chris I've known Grady since she was a, a teenager yeah um, she is is my favorite ginger yeah and, and, and you're a ginger yourself for those people listening who can't see you. <laughs> yes. She 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 gets the title of favorite ginger though. Sure. I, I would yeah. say you're probably not the only person who, who labels her yes. in the same yes, way. Yes, as uh, favorite ginger. She is a delight. She is my um my protege. Yeah. I taught I taught Grady everything I know about stage managing and she she used to be my my ASM um when she was a teenager yeah. and she was she was and is awesome I adore her yeah, yeah. and she's she's a great stage manager so she's you've taught her well she's a great stage manager yeah, she's yeah. a great stage manager uh, Michelle um, Blowen is mm-hmm. my ASM for this show oh, and okay. Gary Locke is stage managed the heck for this show because he has two stage managers and a, a stage manager in the show she's, yeah uh, Chris Savage is the is is the king is Richard and Grady is plays the queen. Oh, very so good. yeah, nice. it's great. They are adorable. I did. Um, Michelle and I have. I think we're four days off on our birthdays. Oh, yeah. um, so we were. We did a show coming up on five years now in summer. So it was like we were talking about. We were talking about doing a joint. 40th birthday party it didn't quite happen but um, and we run into each other about every six months now but uh, yeah Michelle's awesome uh, so how often do you do how often do you do shows how often are you stage um, shows? not 
Not as much now as I used to. I, I burned myself out a bit uh, a couple years ago, and I was like, I, I have to take a step back. Yeah. And I'm doing more um, with my responsibilities with Derby keep growing sure. and, and like I and I'm getting older yeah. <laughs> I just can't do it all anymore um, I right now it's really just the spring and the summer and I take the the fall the, the fall and the winter off yeah. um, I do um, Andrew Pinard's show um, just after Christmas at the Players Ring the, the, magic, the, the show. magic show because I I love him yeah. and I love his shows yeah. and it's it's a short, quick, easy in and out yeah. couple of day thing and it's just the two of us yeah. and we have a great time. Yeah, yeah, um, Andrew's great. He he's great. He's great. And and I, I love doing his shows. It, it's and the just the Hatbox Theater and like his vision for it is, is fantastic. Yeah, it's such a. It I mean, really is. I, my uh, a good friend of mine just just wrapped his eight by eight show there a couple weeks I ago. I wanted to see it so bad, but the the one day I had to go up, I had tickets reserved and everything, and I got hung up at, at, at an opening yeah. at work. I just yeah. couldn't. Well, and it's. I mean, it's conquered, so it's a you know it's a commitment. To, yeah. You know, and so. You know, stage managing. That's uh, I mean, because you live relatively around here. Yeah, I live. Yeah. Do you live in Dover? I live in Dover. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's the good part of an hour yeah. to get there. So if you're stage managing several times a week, I would imagine. Right, right now, it's three three times a week: Wednesdays and Saturdays and Sundays. And then starting next week, we add Thursdays. Yeah. That's right. Technically. Yeah. And it's every day. Yeah. I um I just did. I just did a podcast uh, with. Do you know Adam Laframbois? I don't yet, yeah. but um, I I will shortly. He's been. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but I will anyway. He's been casted. He's been casted a show I have coming up. Okay. I won't say which one because I'm not sure I'm allowed to say yet because I, I don't I, know if it's been announced. I think he may know already because I. He kn- he knows. Okay. I don't know that the world at large knows. <laughs> Okay. Well, maybe I, I might be getting him in trouble then because I, I'm pretty sure he mentioned it on the podcast we recorded yesterday. Oh, if he did, then I'm sure it's yeah. fine. I, I, yeah. So he's in. He's in. Um, Dialem for murder. I yes, forgot the yes, name of him for yes, a second. Yes, he, he did mention that. So. Yeah, which I'm stage managing coming up. Um, Very cool. And I, so I, I like sort of met him at auditions at Hagman Test, sure. but I haven't done well, a show with him yet, him, yeah. so I don't, yeah, like, yeah. I know him, but I don't know him. Yeah, Adam's great, and uh, he's, and this is no slight to anyone else I know, because I know dozens of actors, I can say definitively, Adam is the hardest working actor that I know. Great. Uh, so. As I love to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had a, it was, it was one of those things that, so we recorded in the uh, urban forestry center in Portsmouth yesterday it's just kind of like a giant open park um, and it was windier than I thought because I, I I sent it off to the producer and the producer last night was like dude I think we have to not put this one up he's like it's and he sent it to me and it's one of those things that like and this is something that I have to work 
I have to work on, excuse me, for this is that, like, I get so, like, my artistic brain is, like, I love the conversation. Like, the content to me is more important than the sort of presentation. Yeah. Because, I mean, case in point, we're in a noisy coffee shop. But, I mean, this thing is actually pretty good. Busier than I thought it would be today. When we got here, because I had coffee with my friend Molly before you and I met, and there was, like, four people in here when we got here. Yeah. So... But uh, but this will cut out most of the noise. But I didn't realize quite how windy it was when we were recording because we were just sitting on a picnic bench under some trees, and he sent me some stuff, and I was like, "Well, it's taken me almost six months to for Adam and I to find a nugget of time." And it was literally yesterday morning. He's like, "Can you meet me at eleven tonight?" And I was like, "Yes." Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "There's no way I'm going to find time before his show opens because he's in." Uh, Titus Andronicus that opens uh, on Friday. Yeah. So I was like, just put it out and I'll put a disclaimer. Because yeah. to me, the content is right. worth the the right. And I'm sure there will be some people that listen and be like, I, it's I too, too yeah. rough for me. But, you know, and, and, and that's the thing too is like every four months or so, I have something like that. And I'm like, all right, I have to be very cognizant of that because my brain naturally doesn't go that way. Right. So, right. you know, but I mean, Kind of going back to, you know, when you you were talking about being like the the office manager for yeah. Main Street Art for someone not necessarily artistically inclined listening to it, that's no small feat because being an artist myself and being you know knowing a lot of artists like artists are some of the most disorganized people <laughs> yeah. on the planet and I would imagine like. I mean, pretty much every artist probably has their own set of quirks and, you know, speed bumps that you have to navigate to kind of deal with them. So I would imagine that that takes a a great yeah. deal of patience on your part. <laughs> yeah, and I for sure am not always as patient as I could and, sh- and should be. My, my poor husband gets... The brunt, and actually, Toy does too. Gets uh, the brunt of a lot of my my. I can't They're believe this very, freaking idiot off. messages. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, like you say, you you work with someone long enough, and you get you get to know their particular quirks. Like like Gary Locke, and he's, he's directing Richard the yeah. Second, which we're in rehearsal right now, and he's also directing um, Dial M for Murder coming up. Actually, he's directing all of the shows I have lined up. Right after um, Dial M for Murder, we're doing um, Invasion from Mars, also at at Half Attack. Um, And I've been doing shows with Gary for um, a a very, very long time. Um, And we, not only can we finish each other's sentences, we can... It, it fill in and anticipate one another's sentences, or I can anticipate his sentences and needs, which is um, one of the things I learned when I was in college and taking stage management. One of the things that my uh, professor said it, a good stage manager needs to be able to anticipate. Um, the people who know us will know know me and Gary, who worked yeah. with the two of us before. Um, 
will know and will have heard many, many times the phrase, the thing with the thing and the thing. And you might see that if I post pictures, you see the hashtag, the thing with the thing. Um, There's a story of us in rehearsal one day where he, Gary, um, Gary blocks very fast. Um, It's one of the things I love about working with him, where he will take, he'll take the show and he'll block all of Act 1 in one day and all of Act 2 the next day. And he literally just, okay, you come in, you you enter this way, you stand here, you move over here, you stand like this, and then you exit. Okay, next scene. You come in, on this line you do this, on this line you do that, on this line you do this, and then you exit. Next scene. And he'll just blow through the entire show. You best have your pencil handy to write all of it down. And then he, he, you don't get into any of the nitty-gritty, acty, emotional crap until later on when you start running and working and going through all. All he wants in those first couple rehearsals is literally just the movement and the picture and the look, um, which I love. And then, so we were doing, that part was all done. And one day, one rehearsal, he's, he's going through it and he's like, he's like, okay. When he was blocking it, he said, okay, you come in, you go over to the table, you do the thing with the thing and the thing, because there's a table with a thing on it. Right. I don't know, I can't even now tell you what it was, like right. a vase or a telephone or a, whatever. And he, there was some action with whatever was on the table. And then the actor moved and did the other thing. And then, so when we got to it to do like the nitty gritty emotional stuff, he um, couldn't remember what what that part was. So he was he looks at me and he's like, Gina, what's the next step? I'm like, you go over there and you do the thing with the thing and the thing. And he's like, oh, right. So, and he's explaining to the actor and everyone looks at the two of us and they're like, the thing with the well, thing you didn't and the, even say like anything. you didn't even say anything. What do you mean the thing with the thing? Like but there's a thing with the thing on it. And he just the, you know but thing with the thing and the thing. But it's a shorthand, you know, the thing with the thing and the thing. Um, but like we we know what we mean and we know what you know. Sure. It's anticipation. Yeah. You know, you get it. Everything with the thing and the thing. <laughs> That's fine. I um, yeah. I have a couple friends who have directed Gary, so it'd be interesting to get the insight on what it's like giving him direction, you know, as the counterpoint to the direction that he gives. Yeah. There is... I mean, yeah. Gary's a character. Yeah, yeah, I know Gary. Gary's a character. Yeah. There, there's, there's a lot of... I, I imagine there's a lot of um, bringing Gary down. Sure, sure. Because he will go over the top. Sure. Which is, I mean, great. If that's what if that's, that's what, what you need and that's for. what you want, which is ninety percent of the reason why you cast Gary is because you want someone. Yeah, I mean we love you, Gary. <laughs> Looking at the thing like he's in there. <laughs> his, his ear is to the microphone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, but Gary's great to work with. I have a great time with him. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I've seen something that he's direct or I'm not I don't know that I'm aware if I have so so I don't know if I've seen any shows that you've stage managed you you said you don't really do stuff at the ring anymore the last I mean aside from Andrew's shows Mm -hmm. the last thing I did at the ring it's been a while um I mean, I used to do stuff there all the time. There were years where I did, like, 
half half the season. Um, gosh, I can't even think. I mean, I I did a, the last stuff. The last couple of things I did there was scenic design. wasn't even stage managing. I, I did some scenic design for Todd Hunter. Um, I can't. I don't know the last thing I. Gotcha. I didn't even think the last thing I stage managed. I talked to Todd for this podcast uh, yeah, three a episodes couple, ago. Yeah, three yeah. episodes ago. Um, that's so bad. Okay. I don't know. And I have a wicked headache or... today, too. Yeah. I gave myself a whiplash falling at the skate park on Sunday. Oh, really? Because <laughs> I'm an idiot. Why? What happened? Oh, we were doing, well, we were doing a triple down the ramp. And uh, Jennifer, who was next to me, fell. And I tripped over her and I went, like, face first into the ramp on the other side and to try not to, like break my face I pull back like really hard and really fast and still kind of kiss the ramp a little bit but not as hard as I would have had I not yanked my head back and I gave myself whiplash in the process Mm. you should look for the video on my Instagram it's nasty (laughs) and it looks so much worse than it is I don't think I saw that one I saw Maybe it was on Judy's Instagram where I saw some videos. Did she post? I don't know. I don't she she posted. It's, um, and when you, I mean, even when you're skating like that, I'm assuming you wear mouth guards. Um, I don't at the skate park because I'm I'm stupid, but it's because I'm stupid. stupid. <laughs> I'm watching the video. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> for those of you listening, you can't you can't see it, but it's a pretty uh, yeah pretty. pretty Forget that we're like not actually just sitting here chit chatting. <laughs> yeah, I might, uh, I might have you send me that video for when I put this up, and I'll yeah. include it if you, if you don't care. I don't. Well, I have to ask that um, Jennifer, who is getting next to me, the one who made yeah. it on the, um, her boyfriend Christopher took that video. Oh, uh, okay. Sure. Um, I'm sure he won't mind them. Yeah. yeah. If you listen to it, he says um, he's so cute <laughs> when it when it go when the. Video goes when the camera goes down at the end. He says, "Oh, jeez." <laughs> it's always funny. funny, not funny, but I mean, it is kind of funny when something is so like catastrophic or takes people that they don't even use profanity. They use yeah, they're like holy cow or something like that. That's <laughs> they're almost, too like, shocked that, to swear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's always been. Uh, that always sticks out to me. Yeah. yeah. Especially because I mean I have a, I have a sailor's mouth. I you know, I you know. Me too. So you know, profanity is a you know a, a very common occurrence in my everyday conversation. So yeah. when I hear someone who uh, I mean I have a I have a friend who notoriously has nothing bad to say about anyone, which is a rare quality in people and yeah few years ago we used to be roommates and she had had a uh, a guy who wasn't treating her great and she was getting really frustrated and she's like man he is such a turkey (laughs) i was like easy jack let's 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 calm down it's strong language there but it was like for her to to get to that point it was like you know I mean, she was, she's almost similar to Grady, and her demeanor is, like, oh. very, like, yeah. just a kind, giving soul, and, like, really doesn't... Even even if 
doesn't have anything nice to say about the person, won't say anything. Yeah, it just won't say anything. It's something to strive to be. Strive but... and aspire to, yeah, because that is certainly not me. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. Not at all. It's too funny. I had a friend in high school who um, d- didn't swear. I don't know that I've ever heard a single profanity come out of her mouth ever. Yeah. And but the things that she would make up instead were absolutely hysterical. Yeah. She'd like stub her toe and oh pus nuts. <laughs> and she she wanted to used to say um Moses in a muffin tin all the time. Moses in a muffin <laughs> or tin. Or sweet Jesus in a crock. <laughs> I'm like that's kind of swearing because you are still using the Lord's name in vain. And she was a good Catholic girl. Yeah. Was and is. But I it's it's so funny because it's so interesting how even in 2018, our puritanical roots run deep because you can say shit, you can say cocksucker on TV, but you can't say Jesus Christ. I know. It's so funny. I know. But like, you can be filthy, but let's, let's leave the Lord let's out of it. Let's leave the Lord out of it. Yeah, which is like, I don't know. I know. It's having, having been raised in a very strict, born-again Christian household, I don't adhere to... Oh, yeah. at all it's it's, it's funny because I have, I have three brothers and my older brother is a orthodox minister and then myself really? yeah and uh, myself and my two younger brothers not so much not so much not so much yeah Yeah. I mean I'm a pastor's kid myself oh so. I didn't know that yeah. Yeah. huh yeah. <laughs> that's funny we were having this discussion uh, a couple weeks ago yeah um, some of the derby girls and I about Pastors, kids. No, no, no. About faith. Yeah. And how we were raised, and what, 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 and if we still believe. Yeah. Stuff like that. I was, we were, I was raised Catholic. Yeah. And uh, I am, I consider myself atheist right now. Sorry, mom. Um, and I, I tell people uh, because of knees. Knees are what made me atheist. Yeah. If if there was um, such a thing as uh, intelligent design. Why do knees exist? Knees are the stupidest thing. If there was a, an all-knowing, all-whatever being yeah. that created Designs human knees. beings on purpose and designed human beings on purpose, why did they create a joint as stupid as knees? What do you propose as an alternative to knees? I don't know. I'm not all-knowing. Yeah. But they would have made something better than knees <laughs> because knees are dumb. Yeah. So they had to evolve because no one would make knees on purpose. Am I right? You're not wrong. <laughs> I've just never, I've never had it put to me in quite that way. I've never, I've never thought about it. I mean, if some religious person can explain to me why God made knees, yeah, as dumb as they are, then maybe I believe. Well, I just. But they can't, so I don't. I kind of roll my eyes at the, well, God has a plan for everything. That means, no, that means That means you don't know. That means I don't know, but I don't want to admit that I don't know. Exactly. So I just say, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> I just, uh, God. Uh, yeah. 
it was funny because my, my friend Molly, who who I was having coffee with before, we were talking about like you know being raised one way, and then as an adult, you kind of take you know you assess the values you were raised with, and you know you, you hopefully hang on to the good stuff, and you, you're able to discard or work through the stuff that wasn't so mm-hmm. great. So it's you know I know on some level. My mother, in particular, is disappointed that I am not, I don't uh, adhere to the same faith that she does. But I hope that some, you know, that she can at least take comfort and think that like most of what I strive for as far as being a good, decent human being was instilled in me by by her faith. Yeah. So, and I'm just like, well, you know, a lot of this stuff is important no matter what you believe yeah. I mean because deep down almost all the religions are the same basic principle it's don't be a dick yeah exactly don't be a dick don't be a dick you know and if you can leave the world a little bit better than it was when you got in that's a plus yeah but the don't rest, be a dick the rest is all just diet and praying yeah yeah and the thing is that like if you need to have um if you need to have a, I don't know, a big brother or a, a father figure yeah. to punish you for not being a decent person, yeah. then fine, believe in a religion. But the rest of us can just be decent human beings of our own free will. Yeah. Like, I don't need someone to tell me to be a decent human being. I'll just be a decent human being. Right. My... My biggest, like, fault in the logic of Christianity is, so they say, you know, God is all-knowing, all-wise, can do no wrong. God created humans. God created homosexuals. Homosexuality is an abomination to God. I'm like, it doesn't, that, it doesn't that, work. I'm yeah. like, show your work. Yeah. Show your show work because that doesn't add up. Yeah. There is so many flaws in the program yeah. that it, it doesn't it doesn't add up. Yeah, at best we're a C minus chemistry experiment. <laughs> and just like look, I yeah. know you've put in the work, we'll let yeah. you pass this semester, but try harder yeah. next time. Yeah. Maybe you can make a zebra. Uh, <laughs> just, you know. I mean the zebras are the zebras are good except for the knee thing. It all comes back to the... zebras have knees? Zebras have knees. I think and most mammals have most, knees. Well, and birds have knees too, I hear. They're That's just true. like up... Like, they're hidden with the feathers right. and stuff. Dolphins, no knees. They're more evolved than this. Exactly. They've gotten rid yeah, of... Yeah, they got rid of the knees. Yeah. They got smarter as they got... Or uh, maybe got stupider as it went along because fish came first. It's true. Do fish not have knees? I don't think fish have knees. Fish don't have legs. I don't know if they were hidden under the feathers. <laughs> fish don't have fish don't have feathers. You don't know. You haven't checked all the fish. <laughs> They'd get wet and they would weigh them down. Yeah, but penguins get wet and it helps them swim better. Penguins aren't really birds. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> yeah. Penguins are fish birds. Yeah, we were I mean <laughs> you know. really lost track. That's the joy of that's the joy of the podcast. Wow! Especially when like because I've had some people. I mean, because we talked beforehand, and uh, 
you know, uh, to, to totally uh, to rat her out. You know, Judy told me last night you were you were a little nervous about it, and I was like, yeah, you know, and I've told people before. I'm like, if it makes you feel any better, I don't prepare at all. It's, <laughs> it's just a conversation with people, which is like, I mean, and most of the time when I do this, it's people that I know fairly well. Yeah. Uh, but one of the kind of joys of it is doing stuff like this. I mean, because you know, you're someone that I know fairly recently, like, um, you know, Judy was another one. I, until the day that we recorded the podcast, I had never actually met her before. Like, I had seen her on skates. I had been yeah. about, <laughs> I had plenty of friends who knew her from Sonia's. Look at that, she's a bartender there. I'm like, I, I never go in there. Yeah. Um, I just, she was this tall lady on skates that I was I was more of the persona than the person so it was yeah. it was really cool to kind of get to know her over the course of an hour or so conversation and then you know um, we've become great friends in the past year so that's sort of like yeah. one of the cool things of, of doing something like that and it's funny because this is something that completely takes me out of my comfort zone like which sounds like bullshit but it's like I'm a super shy person but I was like oh this is a way to force myself to 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 get to know other people and it's you know I don't do yoga I don't I don't (laughs) meditate but kind of spending time talking with other artists and artistic people is kind of like recalibrates myself and re-energizes my own artistic batteries so it's it's like it's purely selfish reasons that I do this but it's like it's funny because like when I so I sat down with Adam yesterday and through some scheduling stuff I hadn't done one of these in a couple weeks and I get a little squirrely if it if I go more than like five or six days without doing one of these yeah and then uh sitting down with Adam I was like oh I can't wait to do another one. Oh, I get to do one tomorrow too it's cool because it's also because it, it, it helps me reflect on myself too and yeah. like you know it's one of those things that like I don't know I see a lot with people's online activities now everyone's so like set in their ways we're kind of designed now to we, we all have our kind of like little bubbles where yeah. we have our like-minded people and it's great to have your tribe and it's great to have your network of support but it's also like it's good to get outside of that too yeah. and you know the way I learn is talking to people who have different experiences than me and like you know you, you can take you, you, you analyze their experience and how it affected them and then you hopefully take the good and you can apply it to your life and you're like well I don't agree with that I'm gonna put that aside and yeah but it feels like more and more the older I get the older we all get the less and less we're talking to each other and the more we're just like shouting at each other so I don't know to me this is this is important for me to do you know if anyone else listens to it and gets something out of it, that's cool too. But I'm just like, no, it's totally it. self-serving. I hear it. So yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, so hopefully it's not it's not too intimidating talking. No, no, it would be. I think it, like here, you know, we're sitting in a coffee shop and we're just 
hanging out, talking right. like people. It's no. different than if you're like in a studio somewhere and it were just us and right. you're like had a list of questions in front so of you and tell me. Yeah, yeah and we're like so tell me about roller derby and right. it'd be like, uh, okay. Because well, <laughs> those are the things that I, I, I think is more intimidating than just like, hey, what's up? What's new? Sure, what's, sure. You know, how's your life? Well, and we've, you know, you and I have had conversations about, because, I mean, I would imagine roller derby is probably the thing that you're asked about the most. most. Yeah. Um, but it's also, um, it's not the only, I mean, you're a person, you're not a roller derby-ist, roller derby-er, roller <laughs> Someone who does roller derby. Who does roller derby? I mean, that's <laughs> I that's something that you do, but it's not yeah. who you are. Um, no, <laughs> it feels like it sometimes, yeah. but no, yeah. Yeah, right. and we, you know, we had had conversations about that, and it was just like it was one of those things that I was like, because I was actually kind of happy that when we first had like face to face conversations, it was actually because of art, yeah, not because of that. So I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, that was sort of my sort of in- intro to you. Yeah. So, and then we've talked, you know, because I didn't even know you were involved in theater until we started talking. Oh. So. That's really funny, honestly. Yeah. Because that's like, for so long, that was so much of my life. It's actually, I, weird, I was thinking the other day, like, how few shows I actually do now. Right. Because that was the majority of my life for so long and now I'm like I'm only doing like four shows this year mm-hmm. that's well, it's really weird for me well it's interesting because it seems that you know Derby it's obvious that Derby takes up a lot of your yeah time both physically and, and mentally yeah. but it's I mean your role is kind of twofold at least from my perception because you know, you're one of the people that helps run the league and do a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. But you're also a player, so it's kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah. You you kind of get to stage manage, but also be on stage yeah. as well. Yeah. So that's the that's the big difference between what I do as a stage manager and what I do for Derby. Yeah. Well, and also I'm I'm not just um, a manager. I'm a leader right. for a roller derby. I'm I'm. Vice president of the league. I'm a skater. Yeah. I'm a veteran skater. So I'm sort of a leader in that respect. I'm vice president of the league. I'm head of PR. I'm the interleague liaison. I'm co head of merch marketing about production. I'm the webmaster, so I do all of the website stuff. I do all of the social media stuff. I'm um, head of training this year, which is the stupidest thing I think that anyone has ever done. Why? Because <laughs> there's no one else to do it. I don't know. They're like um, Johnny Blaze, who. Up until last year was our head of training. Last year we had a a Cerberus, a, a tri head of training. Yeah. Um, and then this year, so two of those 
two of the heads of training from last year have retired, and then one of them is like, I'm not, I can't, it's too much, I have a new job, and I've got all these kids, and it's too much for me, I still want to be on the league, and I still want to do stuff, but I can't be ahead of anything, which is fine and great, and we love her, and um, I'm hoping, and she's still on training committee, she's just not ahead, and so Johnny Blaze is like, you're the one to Here do it, you you're the only one left, it's all yours, and I'm like, I, oh, 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 okay, because <laughs> if it's not me, who else is it? Right, right. And I mean, it's great, and I'm having fun doing it, and I'm like, like with anything else in my life, ridiculously organized with it. Right. But it's still, it's like, uh, now this is a lot of something else I have to do, so I can't, you know, I'd like to take on another show or another this, another that, but I can't. Like, how am I fitting there's this into my life? There's only 24 hours in a day. Yeah, there's, and there's only one of me. Like, I can't be at practice and at rehearsal at the same time. Right. <laughs> You're just not trying hard enough. <laughs> wow. That's what Toy tells me all the time. <laughs> what you need to do is schedule play rehearsals where you guys, you know, practice. Yeah, we need have a rehearsal at the arena. Right. And then... And, double down and, and then I can do both skaters. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. But we need to do like, well, they're doing Xanadu at Seacoast Draft. Why can't my skaters be in Xanadu? Right. And then I, and then I have it all. Or set. you could do Starlight Express. I can't even say that. No, with a straight no, face. That no, is no. Why would you even suggest such a thing? Well, I'm a bad person. <laughs> that was good. It was. It was. I mean, I grew up on musicals, which probably is why I hate most musicals now. And I just, even as a kid, like loving Cats, which is questionable at best, and you know, loved Les Mis and stuff like that. I remember hearing about Starlight Express as as like a ten year old, and I was like, oh, "That's stupid." Yeah. I was yeah. like, that ain't gonna last. Well, you know, it was the the eighty. Those are the eighties, yeah. and Andy Weber. I, there yeah. was probably drugs involved. Yeah, for those not familiar, uh, Starlight Express was Andrew Lloyd Webber's uh, film where it was about trains, where it, it, all the actors were on skates. There, there was a plot. Well, there's a plot, I think, as much as Cats has a plot. Um, it's just a bunch of songs uh, strung together. Some of which I'm sure were songs stolen from other pieces because Andrew Lloyd Webber has a tendency to do that. He only has like five songs and then he recycles them with different words and puts a pretty picture on it. Yeah, sometimes he steals Pink Floyd songs and puts them in the fan of the opera. Again, there was probably drugs involved because it was the 80s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Andy Weber did drugs in the eighties, yes. yes. <laughs> in the seventies, quite a few, and probably the nineties. Yeah, probably and now, I mean, I don't even know if he's still doing shows. I mean, yeah, because he just did, um, he just did something. I don't, I can't think of. I, right I mean, I think the most recent of his shows that I saw was probably Phantom of the Opera, and that was, you know. I mean, and it's funny because I remember thinking it was amazing when I was a kid. You know, my dad oh, used yeah. to play that the soundtrack ad nauseum. And then, I mean, I know he did a sequel to it years later. I don't know anyone who saw it, but I can't I imagine know, it was good. I mean, that's I, I will give credit to the fact that seeing that show caused me to seek out uh, the original book which is an amazing oh, yeah. piece of work yeah and it's i mean it's terrifying too i'm but, sure yeah um i i 
I enjoyed it the first time I saw it when mm. I was in um, high school. Yeah. The the um, the what was that place called? There's a theater in um, where I grew up that did all of those touring, those big touring productions, and they did, had this thing that they did where for um, area high school. Um, kids who are interesting. It, well, they didn't do it like as with school groups, but like you could go and do it like a kid at a time. Sure. And there were a couple of, um, they would do like these acting seminars or um, tech theater seminars or costume seminars or whatever. And um, the, you would go in and like for a certain amount of money and you would get, um, you'd see the show and then you would have like a tour, like a backstage tour and you would talk to either the actors, if it was the actors seminar, or like the, the stage manager and some of the stagehands yeah. that were at the tech seminar or whatever. And <clears throat> me and uh, two other kids who I, that were in the drama club with me used to do these when the, the tech ones came to town. And we did one for Phantom. There was one for um, Miss Saigon. Nice. Um, one... One for a Titanic, which was literally the worst show I've ever... No, I shouldn't say that. Not the worst show. There was one show that we saw at um, the Shaw Festival, Niagara Lake, that Drama Club used to go to all the time. That was the worst show that I've ever seen in my entire life. Which show was that? I can't even remember the name of it. It was that bad. You've blocked it out. I totally blocked out. The worst show I've ever seen. Like, per- per- professional quotes, right. air quotes, sure. professional show I've ever seen in my entire life. Hmm. Um, it was so bad. Yeah, t- the Titanic was terrible. I mean, yeah. and this is coming from someone, I hate I hate Titanic. I hate the story of the, I mean, the, the real life, like, honest to God, happening of the Titanic, tragic. Like, that's not, that's not the thing that I hate. The thing that I hate is every single thing that has ever, sure. fictional thing that has ever been created about the Titanic. Sure. I hate I hate everything having to do with it, um, and I will will always have to say that as a copy. I sure. Hate anything having to do with the Titanic. Um, that being said, that musical story. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like they didn't they didn't like the they didn't even try to like sink the sh- like I don't understand how it was a it was supposed to be like this big tech seminar like we're gonna do all these great uh, awesome techy things. They don't try to sink the ship. Really? Like, the ship does, like, you see, like, the ship. You don't ever, the, the actors are never on the ship. And, like, this touring production, it might be different the way they do it on Broadway. Right. And there might be a new show that people think I'm referencing. This is, like, an older, right. this, this was is, in the early 90s, so I don't know what. This Kate Winslet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, like, this was in the early 90s when I saw this touring production, so I'm not sure what. I couldn't tell you who wrote the book, who wrote right. the music. Like, I... I mean, I remember being aware of the show. I never saw it. Yeah. So all you see is, like, the front of the ship. It doesn't move. It doesn't sink. It doesn't do anything. People board it. People stand in front of it and sing. They have projections of um, blueprints. That's the tech. Bizarre. Yeah. The three of us are like, or the four of us, because I think Kevin was there at the time. The four of us are like, how, how are we, we can do this in our high school. Right. How is this supposed to impress us? Right. Yeah. Like well, Phantom, you're not showing us anything we don't know. Yeah, do. like Phantom is great because we can't make a chandelier fall in our right. high school. Right. 
Saigon is great because we can't make a helicopter fly in in our high school. This is something we can do in our high school. <laughs> it was bad. Probably do it in your garage if you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was bad. It was bad. Interesting. Um, yeah. If I, it's funny. I, I haven't directed a show in New Hampshire. I directed a couple when I was in Arizona, and this is this is like a pipe dream, and I have no like active plans to pursue it, but if I had unlimited resources and had the acting pool to do it, not so much talent-wise, but we're Seacoast, New Hampshire, there's 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 not very many African-American actors around here, but yeah. uh, uh, Big River is my favorite musical. Big River. And it, it's crazy because it won Tony for Best Musical, and it, it just hasn't had the staying power that, you know... Mm-hmm. You know, Phantom or Layman's or even Miss Saigon. I mean, 15, no, probably close to 20 years ago, there was a production of it that we saw in Hampton, but uh, I don't know why I haven't learned it. That was the only time we saw it since the original. Like, I got to see the original when John Goodman was packed in it, but it's such a. It's, it's such a powerful show and great yeah. music. And, uh, I don't Siri. know what's happening. Siri, shush. <laughs> I clearly don't know how to use my phone. Uh, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, we. I saw Big River. So my um, gobble club in my high school, so I grew up in Rochester, New York, which is... Uh, if there were such a thing as a ferry across Lake Ontario, it would take us an hour to get to Toronto. There's not, so it takes about three hours to get yeah. to Toronto. <laughs> so you have to go the long way around the lake. Um, so we would do two big trips every year. We would do um, a day trip to um, Niagara Lake in Canada and, and see... Um, usually we'd see one show at the Shaw Festival. And then... Um, do shopping and all those little things in Niagara Lake. And then we would do a long weekend <clears throat> in Toronto. We would go up um, first thing in the morning on Friday and come back on Sunday. And we would pack in, our drama club director was great, and um, she would pack in as many shows as we possibly That's could. Awesome. There was one day, one year where we saw like seven shows in two and a half days. Two and a half days? Yeah. That's insane. Like, we saw a show literally before we even got to the hotel that first day. We would stay at that Marriott at Eaton Center. And, yeah, we saw we saw one show before we even got off the bus. Um, For for those people listening who have never seen, like, a professional musical, it's, I mean, it's usually three-hour minimum for a show like that. I mean, one of them was, one of them was a short little, um, it's called The Famous People's Players. I don't know if it's still up there in Toronto. Mm. It was, it was dopey, but for high school kids, it was a lot of fun. They, they're all, it's in a black, like, literal black box. They're all dressed in black, and they have um, these puppets, and it's all lit with black light, and so they do, like, these, like, to pop songs and stuff, they do, like, do puppetry to right, right, right. pop songs and it was we were amazed and we had just 
ridden three hours on the bus. Right. So anything at that point was going to be great. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's colors and sound. It's colors around. and sound, and we are not on the bus anymore. Right. Um, and it, that was a short, like, 45-minute thing. Get back on the bus, go to the hotel. Like, it was fine. It was great. Um, but yeah, we saw, that was where I saw Big River. That was where I saw Fanta <laughs> for the first time. That was where I saw... Saigon for the first time that was where I saw Tommy for the first time one of my favorite shows nice um, and then we saw like I saw Showboat there for the first time um, I mean I saw some crap there yeah. but we also saw some great shows there that's awesome yeah um, we would do that every year every once every four years we would instead of going to Toronto we'd go to Florida and go to okay. Disney and do um, the the um, they have a young filmmaker thing that they do there, and mm. we would do that instead. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's it's interesting to me, um, you know, growing up on the East Coast, having gone to Florida a couple times to Disney, like, everyone on the East Coast, when, they're, when they say Disney, like, most people don't even say Disney World. We just assume that's what they mean. And then I have a bunch of friends on the West Coast, and... Disneyland is where they went to and you know I've only been to Disneyland once and that was as an adult and it's I mean it's great and it's kind of it's older it's Mm -hmm. it's the original but it's it's maybe one fifth the size of Disney World so it's like having grown up going to Disney World and then going to Disneyland you're like it's real small I mean (laughs) and granted being there all day because I was there with uh you know, my girlfriend at the time and her four-year-old, so I think we maybe got on five rides in seven hours because, you know, dealing yeah. with a, a young child, it, it, it's it's taxing, but it's just like, you know, it's, it's interesting when when someone says Disney, just the catch-all, you're like, yeah. okay, which one, are you, which, which one are you talking about? To be about? honest, I say Disney because I forget which one is where. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just like Florida, Disney. There's yeah. only one in Florida, so that's the one that sure. we went yeah. to. Well, Disney, so I just, I just remember, because I, I, I guess I've always known that the one in Florida is bigger, because Disneyland, which was the original, they couldn't, they can't expand anymore, and especially now, yeah. because it's all, so it's kind of, it's contained. So whenever they want new stuff in there, they have to renovate something old, where uh-huh. Disney World, they bought, like, hundreds of acres in the swamp, because... Because, yeah. you know, it was, uh, that was, it was originally just named the Florida Project um, because everyone thought Walt Disney was crazy because this was, there was nothing, yeah. like Orlando, there was nothing there. It wasn't, I mean, there was barely people there. And he built, the co- like, the community was built around Disney World. And it's insane, like, what they've done there. And I've had some friends who have worked there over the years and the stuff that goes, I mean, there's a hospital underneath Disney World. Uh, so, like, if there's a medical emergency, because yeah, because they don't have to. It would be too long to go out to. Well, it's there. There's that, but it's more to maintain the illusion that nothing bad happens at Disney World. Right. So, right. You know, uh, Disney's a little creepy. It's a little creepy. Yeah. So I, I have a friend who her job, and it wasn't her first job. It was something that she like got promoted to was one of the tower command. So. In the castle, up in the, like, you know, there's a whole command center up there that all they're responsible for is, like, there's one person who watches over the Goofies. 
yeah. one person that watches it because they don't want to break the illusion that there's more than one Minnie Mouse right. or Donald Duck in the park. So they're like, okay, DD12, you need to head this way and you know, yeah. DD. So they don't run into 14. one another. Because yeah. God forbid if kids sees two Donald Ducks, their, yeah. their brains, their will, brains explode. will explode. Yeah. Um, I had a friend who worked a summer, she, she hated it. She was the worst summer job ever. Yeah, she most worked of my a summer at Disney. Um, her, she was a costumer. Her only job all summer long was to re-sew the buttons on Mickey Mouse's butt. That's all she did all summer. Which sounds like, oh, that would be easy, but I guarantee it's, she was busy night she's busy. Yeah, well, yeah, because the kids are constantly pulling on those buttons yeah. and pulling them off all the time. That's all she did was re-sew the buttons on the butt. She's what, so boring. One of the things that I thought was, like, it was so abstract and, like, insane that, like, once you think about it, you're like... I guess that makes sense, but to have the initial thought that you need to do that. So anyone who plays Mickey, one of the things before they get to do it is they have to perfect the Disney, the, the Mickey Mouse signature. Mm-hmm. So everyone who portrays Mickey has to sign Mickey's name the exact same way. So like yeah. when kids bring a little book. So yeah, they have so, Mickey's signature. So let's say I went and then six months later my cousin went the chances that the same Mickey signed oh, yeah. it are you know slim yeah, but to it's got to be the same but if signature. we put them side by side it's got to look like yeah. and it's just like that's insane with that giant glove on yeah yeah you have to practice with yeah. the glove on I can't even imagine I can't imagine no. yeah that that friend of mine that went like she she's an actor and like she wanted to be ultimately be one of the characters but right. as soon as she got there they're like you're too short to ever be any of the characters ever yeah they're like sorry this is all the best you'll be able to do is it because she's teeny shorter than I am teeny yeah. tiny little woman and she's great and she's a great actor she, they're like this is the fact of the matter you're just too it's like my sister always wanted to be a rocket. there are no five foot tall rockets. you will never be a rocket. you're too short your lifelong dream will never be a rocket. because you gotta meet that minimum height requirement and if you don't you don't <laughs> That's, that'd be can't, good, be, can't be a character. That'd be a good name for someone's autobiography. Too short to be a rocket. Too short to be a rocket. Yeah. Rachel, too short to be a rocket. There. Yeah. There autobiography. <laughs> well, but I, you know, also, life presents us with these. You can't do. Yeah. Like it seems like a dead end, but you know. You got to turn around and be like, "All right, cool. Then I'm maybe I can't do that. I can do this. I can do this. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I wanted to be a rock star for you know the longest time. I mean, me, I love art. I but I can't live without music. Like, yeah. if I had to choose one or the other, music's gonna win every time. But I'm a horrible musician. Like, I'm awful at it. And it's just one of those things that it's like, okay, well. I've kind of I don't want to say I've given up on that but I also know that's not what I'm going to do yeah. but I can still do stuff around that I mean I've, I've painted album covers for mm-hmm. that you know you, know, you can you can be uh, in it but not yeah. with it yeah. yeah yeah I I can yeah I can be in its orbit and yeah. still yeah. find artistic fulfillment yeah so yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, I don't know, I feel like that's a good... We've talked about everything. Good. <laughs> We've talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah, So, you know, did. the Disney signatures and <laughs> Disney too signatures. short to be a rocket. Too short to be a rocket. Uh, so, just 
I know that you guys are going to have one bout this we year. We only have one bout when this is year. Um, August 25th. Okay. Um, Where is it? At the Dover yeah. Arena. Okay. In Dover. In New Hampshire. <laughs> New Hampshire. And the shows that you will be uh, stage managing coming up? I'm doing um, Richard II at Hat, at Hat Box. Ooh. Um, and that goes up at the end of June. Um, and then I'm doing Dial M for Murder at Hackmatack, yep. which goes up at the end of August. And then I'm doing Invasion from Mars, which is also at Hatbox. And that goes up at the uh, end of September or beginning of October. I, it's so far away. And it I should honestly, be on the Hatbox website. It'll be on the Hatbox website. Um, and I will be promoting the heck out of it for people yeah. who actually know me, yeah. which I don't know how many people that will be who <laughs> listen to this, but you never know. You never know. Um, and you're yeah. pretty much always at Main Street Art. I am pretty much always at Main Street Art in Newfields, yeah. so check that out. Which is a teaching art We're, center we are, and com- gallery. Yep, community art center. Um, we have classes, summer camps, art gallery, all of it. It's a great thing. It is a great thing. Yeah. Well, thank awesome. you for taking the time to... Thank you. It was fun. Yeah. Awesome. Cool.